Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Grizzlies up two. They have the ball. Bad pass. Curry. Fingertips to steal. Drives on Williams. Spins it up and in. On the fast break, Curry with a steal and score. We're tied at 51. Now Smart. back to 95-7, the game. Shamari Block and Dan Avone, Tim Roy on the call last night. And I know you want to get into some Steph Curry, which we will do coming up in just a bit as the Golden State Warriors close out the Memphis Grizzlies. Man, that series seems as though it started about four months ago when Draymond <laughs> got thrown out. Doesn't that seem like that was Well, for- it was it was two weeks, right? Because they play every other day, but then some it's two, sometimes it's three days in between games. But just the drama, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, you know. I'll be honest. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it's over. I don't feel like the the the, the Denver series, like, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. This was – listen. It was as advertised. When – on Wednesday night, when they got ran out that gym in Memphis, man, okay? Like, the, the, the world, the whole Warriors world – was crashing down, man. Like I was like, oh, no. oh my god, oh my god, it's over, it's all over. You know, it, it, it was that crushing of a defeat. Luckily, it doesn't matter whether you lose by eighty or by two; it's only one loss, right? Um, Memphis going into this these playoffs, I felt like Memphis was going to be the biggest obstacle for the Warriors. I still feel that way. Dallas, Phoenix. Now, now I'm not talking about Eastern Conference. I'm not talking about the Bucks or the or the Celtics, but I'm saying that that I felt like that was going to be the biggest test, and, and and it was, and it was by like it, Denver won a game, but you know <laughs> yeah. that was to yeah. me exactly what the players were talking about when Steph and Clay were saying, "God, we missed this. Want to get back to the playoffs? We got championship DNA, and even fans to a certain degree. Yeah, you want to go to the playoffs, but now." That you got a taste of it. You know what that at, disregarding what happened to GP2, because that, you know, hopefully he comes back. Maybe the guy comes back before the end of the year. Should they get to the NBA finals? We can only hope and pray. That aside, that was fun. This is <laughs> this is fun. This what? is what you miss, man. This drama at this level, the intensity, every possession, guys going down, flagrant fouls, the finger pointing, whoop that, tr- all of this. This is 
this is good times. But it, there's been no drama. The, the last time the last time there was a dramatic playoff run by the Warriors, I'd say 2015. The second oh, Kevin Durant. You don't think this had any drama? No, no, I'm saying this has been the first time because the entire time Kevin Durant was here, it's like, okay, well, yeah, they're going to they're gonna win it all. Yeah, uh, if he yeah. doesn't get hurt, then they, they probably beat Toronto. And I say probably because, you know, you never know, right? This has been the most dramatic playoff run, I, I, I'd say, since. Yeah, yeah, I'll go 2015. I'll go 2015. I go 2015. What well, one thing though? Just the previous segment, we were talking about. We were talking about Roracle. We were talking about Chase Center, and at the end, our guy, that guy, came in and he said, "You know what? Dub Nation, man. Okay." And I just want to say this. I want to say this. That while there might not be room in Chase Center for everybody, it's room on this bandwagon for everybody, man. And and if you can't go to Chase Center. Go to your local sports bar. Have a party at somebody's house, man. Whoever got the biggest television or the best surround, son, okay? Everybody peace up. Somebody barbecue some ribs. Somebody show up with beers, man. There are a billion ways to enjoy this game, man. I got my sports bars I like to go to. I got my friends that I like to gather with and watch games, man. Let's just... Includes everybody. Yeah, exactly. Let, let, let's not single anybody out. And don't forget to tune in to 95.7 The Game and hear it on the radio. We have people who have been hanging out on the phone lines. Let's get to Jerry's out in the East Bay. Jerry wants to talk about the crowd out at Chase. What's going on, Jerry? Hey guys. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, I don't know if it ever get as loud as Oracle was, basically because of the demographics. You know, back in the day when we believed, you just look at the crowd out there, and they're blue-collared men mostly then. And if you look at it now, it's changed. I bet you there was less than 1% of kids at those games back then, and I bet you there's 10 or 15% of kids nowadays. And kids just don't have the voice as men do. So I think that you'll never get the high decibels there in Chase Center as you did at Oracle. So I'll take your comments offline. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much, Jerry. It's, it's going to take a while. Right? It's going to take a while. It's going to take playoff games like this. It's going to take rivalries for them to, to recognize how to do this. This isn't, it's not as though, you know, there was this mass exodus right out of Oracle and everybody said, okay, just, you know, the exact same people just step into Chase and let's just pick up right where we left off. No, this is an entirely different crowd. It's a new identity. These are different people. Some of the same. I, 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 I don't know what percentage that were at Oracle that are now representing Chase, but I'd have to think that there is clearly a contingent that made the trek across the bay, or maybe they're from the city and the commute's a lot a lot shorter. But it's just, you know, for all of this collectively to come together, I think it's just going to take a while. It's going to require a little patience. Paul is hanging out in San Jose. What's up, Paul? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I just think this, uh, the, the, the conversation between the difference between uh, SF and Oakland is kind of corny because – there's one truth in all of America. Winning cures all, all right? Why do the A's, why are they at the bottom of the uh, MLB attendance? Because they suck, all right? Um, if you win, fans will show up and fans will be rocking. Give SF time, give Shea Center time, and that place will be no different than Oracle. Nobody was complaining about Candlestick because they were they, they, they were awesome at the time, you know? They will show up and they, they will go crazy. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Paul. I want to get back to the game and get back to Andrew Wiggins. Because, you know, we'll go Steph, Kevon Looney. Clay, you know, one more thing on Kevon Looney. With him coming back into that starting lineup, 
You know what that allowed Draymond Green to do? Now he could watch Jaron Jackson. Didn't have to watch Steven Adams, the big Kiwi. <laughs> Let Kavon push and shove with that guy. It was just so smart right across, right across the board. But Andrew Wiggins is proving to everybody. And we said this throughout the season that, oh, when he became an all-star, oh, Andrew Wiggins is in the right culture. He's arrived, and this is who he is. And then he disappeared again in February. Again, when I said that the playoffs are so much fun, and also it reveals character of players. You can't simulate this during the regular season, even in those quote-unquote big games. And you don't know what a player's going to do in this sort of environment. And Andrew Wiggins... Not only last night, but throughout the entire series. And while he had a slow start, he came on huge. Late in the game, mind you. They're down one. He comes into the game, hits a huge triple. Then gets a steal, a breakaway on Dylan Brooks. Goes in for the dunk. Then he assists and gets a bucket on another. They never trailed again. He was that way throughout the entire series. I think now more than ever, and we've said this before, he has now arrived as a Golden State Warrior. And did you happen to see Steph yelling at Andrew Wiggins? Not yelling at him in disappointment or dressing him down, but yelling at him and like, my man, welcome. You are clearly one of us. Welcome to the ride. Welcome to the postseason. It was almost as if they were saying, now we, we officially let you in. Because I think he has been more consistent than Steph or any of them throughout this entire series. But yet again, he's the last dude in line in terms of getting his flowers. Well, but also be in and defensively with rebounding, when his shot's not falling, he's doing other things to help the team. And, and that's what I think gets lost. And, and I said this, I said this after game four. To me, to me, Andrew Wiggins was the MVP of the series. I mean, he's not gonna win it. He's not gonna win it, but he was the most consistent dude. He was he was playing the game the right way. He wasn't gunning, he was only taking open shots. All of the little things that you want a basketball player to do, Andrew Wiggins did it. Night in, night out. Last night he started one for eight. He started one for eight, but he wasn't pressing. He finished in the second half six for eight, right? So you look at his overall stats. It's seven for 16, but 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 when they needed him most, when they when they were trying to close the door nailed the coffin shut on the Grizzlies, that's when Andrew Wiggins is at his best. And, and, and again, before that, again, defense. I, I saw him D up. You name it. I saw I saw Tyus him D up. No, but I saw him D up Steven Adams. I seen him D up Styles Jones. I seen him put D on every last Memphis Grizzlies in these in the Sis game series. And 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 he and he wasn't getting smoked. I mean Dude, dudes hit shots, sure, because you, you throw up a lob, you throw up a, a floater, it goes in sometimes, but but he he can defend one through five. Mike Brown said he came up to him before the game and said, Do you want me to watch Tyus? Do you want do you want me to watch Tyus Jones all over the whole floor? You want me to pick him up full court? <laughs> and Brown looked Brown looked at him and said, uh, are, are you serious? Yeah, sure. We'll have that. <laughs> Let's listen to that. He was just engaged from Jump Street this morning during shoot around. I knew he'd have a big game because we, we changed our pick and roll coverage. When we made the change, Wiggs asked, he was like, Coach, you want me to pick up Ty Jones full court? I said, Wiggs, you want to do that for 48 minutes? He said, I'm locked in. I'll do it for 48 minutes. You just tell me. I said, Okay, we'll pick and choose your spots. So when a guy like that comes to you and says that, you know he's ready for the task at hand. By the way, I believe he played 44 minutes. And Kevon Looney played. And this is a career high, 30, 
five minutes. That dude's usually relegated to 18 to 20 to 22. I want people to go and watch. When he got that back, when he was going nuts with the flurry of rebounds on that one possession, and then on that last offensive rebound, he kicks to Clay Thompson for that open wing three. That was the dagger. They go up 13, and it's over at that point. That was officially the end of Memphis. I just want you to watch that sequence because that was Kavon Looney at his very finest, and that is what he does. <laughs> he was scrapping and tipping for every loose ball. And the last one he kicked to Clay Thompson, just look at Kevon Looney. He had nothing left. It looked, <laughs> it looked like Muhammad Ali Frazier in the 15th round. Neither guy, he could not. Like, like, like Kellen Winslow being carried home. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yes. He, that was like the last thing physically he could do. And just look at his body language. He's like, I cannot give anymore. I'm leaving it all out here for you. I, I thought that was just – and then Clay – Wait, wait, wait. wait. No, no, no. My favorite my favorite Looney play last night, again, I said this at the beginning of the show, Kevon Looney Appreciation Day. My favorite Looney play last night was the assist to Draymond where I think it was either Steph or Clay finds him, and he he kind of dribbles in, and bounce then pass. Jackson steps up, and he a little bounce pass to to Draymond, and Draymond went in for the bash. Oh, that that one. I mean, you know, he's not he's not. You don't think of him as an assist guy, but that was that was a nice pass. That was nice vision by Looney. Right. So Andrew Wiggins actually played 41 minutes. 41, and, okay. And Kevon Looney played 35, and he played 17 straight minutes. Career high. How crazy is that? 35 minutes. He's never done it before. So amazing. He was just absolutely nothing short of amazing on that basketball team. Xfinity Mobile text line. I called in and said, start Looney. I was so happy for that man. I would say that that that's producer Brian, but, but, but he's sitting no, in no, the, you know, behind was, the glass. There was a strong <laughs> contingent. I was taking calls the other night that said, where is Looney? And so it's time to give our audience some props. There are a lot of, and it wasn't just one. People called in and said, why not just use Looney? He's been there all year long. What is it that we're doing here? Why are we getting out of the box? What is it? Get back to what it is you're familiar with and get to the guy who's been your most consistent player all year long. And for whatever reason, he got overlooked. But the fans clearly wanted him back, and they got their they got their wish, and he certainly delivered in a huge, huge way with his 20, 22, 22 rebounds. All right. Are you ready for some of the bad? Ah, no, let's keep, it, let's keep it positive. Let's keep it positive. There's still it's so not much bad. good. I'm just trying to be constructive here. I mean, the turnovers are bad, man. If they don't figure this turnover business out, then they might be in trouble. But, but hey. They won. Dan's they, just trying to give some perspective. They, they Let's just say turned that. the ball over about 20 times last night, and they won by 14. So, you know, no, you want to sit here and say, hey, you can't turn the ball over and win like that. They've done it four times in, in six games. In four times in six games. It will catch they up turned to the you ball over way. almost 20 times or more, and they won. It will catch up to you. You don't want to live like that. You don't want to live like that, especially – when they're self-inflicted. <laughs> the, the, the 925. Oh, the hell the 925. What do you got? Wait, no, no. I, I just got out of prison. Is Kevon Looney the greatest <laughs> center of this generation? <laughs> 925 is Kevon Looney appreciates. Sometimes when a dude that doesn't, you don't expect to to, to, to show up big like that, well, you, you, you got you to gotta give him a spot. You got to give him even more so. Listen, if uh, 
if DeAndre Ayton or Carl Anthony Towns or Joel Embiid or Joker, if they get 22 rebounds, like, okay, yeah. But no, no, when LeBron, when, when Kevon Looney gets 22 rebounds against the likes of Jaron Jackson Jr., six foot 11, of, of, uh, of uh, Stephen uh, Adams, Adams, Brandon Clark, six yeah, all eleven big boys. Like, 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 and, and even though, even though they're not taller than him per se, dudes like Dylan Brooks, dudes like uh, they're like basically his height. So he's 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 on this. He's one of the smallest dudes on the court sometimes, and he grabbed twenty two rebounds. Twenty two. Brian, let's hear from Hustle Clay last and night. And grit. Let's go. Kavon should go by Kavon Luajuwon because he was <laughs> really just a freak out there. And um, guy has like elastic arms; you can just stretch. But I mean, Draymond, Steph, Andre, those guys see the game. They're playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. And Draymond's like an extension of our coaching staff, so it's Steph. So it doesn't surprise me that they made that call and Loon delivered. I saw it on Instagram. I can't take credit for that. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah, he was. I could do. We could sit here and talk about him for the next. You know, what are we going until five o'clock tonight? We could do another three hours in Kevon Looney. I do want to go back to turnovers. I'm sorry, and I'm not. I, I'm basking in the glow like everybody else. Hey, listen, it makes our lives easier at 95.7 The game. Why, why, why are you gonna throw an umbrella up in front of your son? Then it's like I'm basking in the glow. You know what? You know what it is. Umbrella up. Can I tell you why? Let's hear it. It's because every single game, Shamari. This isn't an outlier. Every single game of this series, and really, if you want to get generally speaking, you can go back in the day, but we'll just relegate it to this series. Post-game interview, Draymond Green. Post-game interview, Steph. Post-game interview, you pick a player. We got to cut down on the turnovers. Uh, We got to stop making turnovers. Yeah, we got to stop committing turnovers. Uh, Yeah, turnovers are killing us. And every single game, they make things a lot closer when they don't have to. Now, Memphis has a lot to do with that. We can't sit here and talk about their athleticism. We can't talk about their attitude. Can't talk about those athletes and size and talk about what they did defensively and the most difficult team they're going to see defensively and then not recognize them having something to do with it. But this has been going on. And when I see Steph from the right free throw line extended throw a one-handed cross-court pass that gets picked off, and, and this happens repeatedly, I just wonder to myself, where are the checks and balances? Is there, is there a point when he just gets pulled over and saying, I know you're Steph, but you got to stop that? Because I'm telling you, I coach at the Boys and Girls Club, and if things are happening repeatedly, it's time out. You either got to sit or we got to talk about this. That's the, but this <laughs> happens. You're talking about eight-year-olds. This I know. Steph, this is Steph Curry. That's my point. That's my point. It's so fundamental. Mm-hmm. Shomari, every single game. They'll lose a game to Phoenix or two. They may win the series, and they'll talk about turnovers, and they'll do the exact same thing. Now, you won the game. I am just telling you, Dub Nation, this will bite you in the ass. You cannot play basketball this way. You can't live on this high-wire act, and they're, they're all errors that you can avoid. Well, once upon a time, Dan, conventional wisdom said you can't win a championship being a jump-shooting three-point shooting team. I'm just saying. Well, that, what are you saying? Well, I don't understand your well, point. Well, that that the the turnovers are a byproduct of the high wire act that they put on. And I'm glad I, you I, said that because I'm going to interrupt I, you. you. Know I, a lot of people say I hate it too. They committed those turnovers when they won titles. They they were always amongst the leagues. They were. They, they led were. the leagues, or they And so people say, listen, that's just the way they play basketball. They freestyle, and I get it. If you want to get out and run and shoot threes like that, turnovers are going to be part of it. And so you just got to 
it's baked in, all right? It's part of the DNA of who they are. I get that. But not to this degree, and also what we have to take into account, they're not that age anymore. They don't have that same team any longer. You have a bench now that's without Otto Porter, without GP2, without Iguodala. You're playing essentially with seven dudes. And now you have an aging core that still wants to play basketball and overcome mistakes that they can avoid. You cannot play basketball like that and I think win another NBA championship. This isn't 2016, my man. It's not 2017 and okay, 2018. Dan, Dan, you're not supposed to be able to turn the ball over like that and get to the Western Conference Finals either. <laughs> You're not supposed to be able to turn the ball over like that. Someone's giving me grief because I coach eight-year-olds. They're actually ten. <laughs> They've gotten two years older. Okay, no, but 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 I, I agree. I, I I hate it every time I see some unnecessary pass when there was an easier pass to make, and it's like, hey, instead of just you know like a quick little chess pass, I'm gonna go one-handed lob to the other side of the court. Like it, it's my 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 but palms but go to my head. Shamar, I'm he'll do it the next game though. Huh? He'll do it the next game. Well, but that's my point, though, is that that I, I am like, what the hell are you doing, too? I say this at least 10 times a game. I'm like, what the hell was that? As if I don't say the hell, okay? Um, But it, but, but here they are, Western Conference Finals. I get they're it. The, they're the second team to punch their ticket to the Conference Finals. They're the first team in the, in the, uh, in the Western Conference to do it. Because remember. But don't you think that's part of the problem? Hey, man. We got to the Western Conference Finals, playing it this way. Yeah, we know we turned it over. Don't you think that at some point it's going to catch up with them and they think that, well, this is the way we play. And, and to your point, you say what you want, Dan. We turn it over, but we're in the Western Conference Finals. Well, you may not get to the NBA Finals if you continue to live on this high wire. The Memphis Grizzlies have led the league in, in, uh, in picked-off passes for two seasons in a row. Like, they're not going to face – I don't care what team they face. They're not going to face a team that can claw passing lanes no, like the Grizzlies right. I agree with you there. For, the rest of the, for the rest of the season. Let's take a quick call. Shaka, my man's hanging out in Berkeley. Shaka Prada, how are you today? Welcome to the show, Shaka. Hey, man. Man, I'm feeling good after that game, man. I know y'all are, man. I enjoy your show, man. Hey, y'all are up and coming, man. I want to say that, man. Every time I hear y'all, it's exciting uh, coverage of sports. I just wanted to say about Draymond, man, the way he came out yesterday. We were Everybody was on that, man, and the heart of a line, how he came out and just was pushing that ball. And just from the start of the game, the tempo, the championship DNA that we always talk about, we saw last night. <laughs> so, I know we're turning the ball over. But we're not going to play a team like Memphis, young, a bunch of youngsters, athletic ability, who's moving like that. We will not be stopped. We are back. Man, I, I enjoy your show, man. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right, we're going to continue here on 95.7 The Game. I'll, I'm just looking. I'm being constructive here. So we go from turnovers, <laughs> we go from turnovers to Jordan Poole because he's got to come back. Jordan Poole, APB, where are you, my man? Let's talk Jordan Poole, 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Draymond accelerates the rim, finds Clay Thompson, left corner, fires away. Got it! Three ball, left corner, pocket. Warriors 58, Grizzlies 55, Clay has 20. Now back to 95-7, the game. Clay Thompson would finish with 30, another game six strong performance. Bobby I was going to say, Dan, that's game six, Clay. You, you got to say it right. You got to put game six. It's, it's his first name. What do you think what, of all the game six performances? And just to remind everybody, you got game six against the Thunder when they were on the road and, of course, he sends that to a Game 7 with that big, big performance at Oklahoma. And then the Game 6 performance, don't forget that he had against Houston, also on the road facing elimination. And then the Game 6 he had where he goes down with the injury against Toronto that essentially would have sent that to a Game 7 had he not got injured. Yeah. And then, of course, it was last night. Obviously, last night still stands out because it's the most recent and the freshest in our memory bank. But of of the game six clays that he's obviously noted for, that being his moniker, which one do you think is the most the most noteworthy? I mean, I, I think you got to go uh, the 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 one against the, uh, the the Rockets, man. Right? Really? Yeah. Yes. I was going to be ugly. What I was about Oklahoma, though? Remember that. Because they were down big to Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. No, no. Where they came back from being down 1-3. Yeah, no, that one. Listen, the Rockets, the Thunder. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Game six against Oklahoma City Thunder. No, absolutely. Because he absolutely went off and nobody else did. Like, not really anybody else did. Like, without Klay Thompson, we were lost in that game six. Um, Everybody talks about game six. Klay, Klay Thompson's a good basketball player. Like he, he he doesn't suck in game fives all that much either, but he does go off. He does seem to go off in game sixes, though. What's up, Brian? I have to agree with you. The Oklahoma City won probably the best game six because people forget in that series, they were getting dominated by Oklahoma City. They they had nothing, nothing for an answer yeah. for Serge Ibaka. Nothing. <laughs> the, that's all Vinny those... text line. The 510 says he got that name against the Thunder. All of those games, keep in mind, that when he had that game six, they were in, they were in games where, where the Warriors were struggling, right? They were just stinking the place up, and they couldn't find – it's not as though Steph was hitting threes, kind of like last night. Without Steph last night, you're in a boatload of trouble. And he single-handedly is, has really sort of sent the Warriors on their way in these big game sixes, hence the name. Let's get back out to the phone lines. Let's go out to Oakland and join Gene. Gene wants to talk about the turnovers and the Golden State Warriors. Hey, Gene, welcome aboard. Hey, fellas. So, I want to agree with both of you guys and also disagree on, on the whole turnover thing. I mean, this has been a sort this has been a, a main point of discussion since the beginning of the dynasty. I remember calling in and talking to Steinmetz 
about seven or eight years ago about the same problem. Saying then, well, saying now, I mean, really what you've got to be looking at is assist-to-turnover ratio, not just turnovers. Most of these turnovers are coming because they're moving the ball around a lot, okay? And that's just going to happen. Now, look, when Steph Curry goes off and, you know, makes behind-the-back passes to nobody or, as I like to call it, you know, kind of goes playground basketball, you know, that kind of stuff really exasperates the hell out of me, too, and I really wish he'd put an end to it. But I will agree with you, uh, Dan, that, you know, the margin for error is not what it used to be. You know, they're an older team. They have to pick their spots, and they have to minimize uh, mistakes, unnecessary mistakes, if they're going to have any chance of going all the way. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't get too upset about it or too excited, but uh, I agree. They do need to do a little better job of uh, taking care of the ball. No, Gene, that's a really, really good call because it's a slippery slope. It's part of their identity. If you were to tell them, hey, listen, we need to clamp down on your mistakes and what it is you're doing with the basketball, that's also in, in a weird way indirectly saying, I don't want you to be the same player. And so they, they've got to have that level of freedom and latitude, but they still have to be a little bit more conscientious, I think, of that lazy one-handed pass and or turnovers that are very preventable. I'm not talking about an extra pass. I'm not talking about you know, that pass that was in traffic because, yeah, they, they, they are reliant on ball movement and swinging it and making sure it doesn't stick. And when you have ball movement, guess what? This is the NBA, and when you have athletes like that, whether it's Memphis or anybody, quite frankly, you'll turn the ball over. But it, it's that laissez-faire that I'm going to come down and I'm just going to throw cross-court, skip pass with one hand, and I'm going to no-look. And by the way, if it sails into the front row, here's, here's the issue I have. And why I was talking about when I'm coaching the Boys and Girls Club, and I know it sounds silly, right? But there doesn't seem to be any level of checks and balances, Shamari. And I get it. It's the NBA. And Coach Kerr, who is my idol, if I was to have an idol, it's Coach Kerr. And one of the reasons why he's so successful, and he says as much, you can't crack these guys. You can't yell at players anymore. It's not 1986. I get it. But part of me wonders, does this repeat and rinse, repeat and rinse because – because there isn't a Popovich, there isn't a young Don Nelson, there isn't a Bobby Knight that just simply says, knock that crap off. I mean, there, you, you can't go there, I guess, with today's players. And as a result, is that part and parcel why we're seeing this thing continually happen? And not that I I, I, I can't imagine. I, 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 I take back Bobby Knight's name. I was going to say, you just said Bobby Knight. I can't stand Bobby Knight. Go ahead. He's a lunatic. That's the point, though, is, is that is – that, I don't know that 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 old school getting somebody's face and grab their their jersey and say what's wrong with you boy right like I don't know if that coaching ever worked. No, I, I don't know that it ever worked. But right? I'm just wondering is because you can't yell at today's players, your friends, and you sort of you, you, you can totally can't. Your, I mean, this is the thing. That but if you how many to, times does it have to happen before you're like I can tell you right now if that's Duke and that's Coach Shashevsky. And they turn it over like that. It doesn't happen the next game. Yeah, 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds, exactly. 17-year-olds. Uh, these are millionaires. The, this is an MVP. This is a defensive player of the year. The, this is a multiple-time all-star. This is a dude that's making $50 million a year, right? So, so you know, you 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 don't. But but also, and I, here's, what, here's what I think. Here's what I think it is. Last night's game is kind of the perfect example of, on so so many levels, they had 19 turnovers last night. Guess how many they had in the fourth quarter? 
No, they were really good in the fourth quarter. They had one turnover in the fourth quarter. So, so for me, there's two things. First things first. To your point, to, to your point, um, you, 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 so long as you're in Western Conference Finals and you're winning games, what can you really say, right? But for me, the thing that's frustrating is, is you watch them average six turnovers a quarter for the first three. And then they get to the fourth and they only have one because they slow it down. They stop making stupid passes. They're not trying to be as cute as they've been. And it's, it, it, it reminds me of just like one time when I was uh, like, I brought home a bad report card. It was like all C's. There was one A and the A. Well, okay. First things first, the A and PE doesn't count, right? It, it, like for parents, uh, the A and P didn't count. So I had an A and PE because, you know, you show up to PE, you put on uniform, but I had an A and chemistry or something right and then i had like all c's and then my parents are like oh i can't believe this poor guy i was like i know i got all but i got an a but i got an a it was like well you, you know that means you're capable of a's <laughs> and you should have an a in every class right so when you look at the warriors give up 18 turnovers in three quarters then in the fourth quarter when it matters most when the grizzlies are probably like going at it the hardest then you only turn it over one time it's like well you could have did that the whole game. What were you doing for the first three quarters? And Richard Jefferson and Charles Barkley, to a less degree, said they were lackadaisical. And that's what's frustrating about it is, is that when this team wants to lock it down and not turn the ball over, generally they do. But also, if you're Kerr, what do you say to guys that know well, that's my point. how to not turn the ball over? It's like, hey, stop turning the ball over. It's not just one game or one series. So I guess my question is, and I don't want anybody yelling at like, and I'm not a yeller or screamer. That's not... It's not where I'm going with this, but how do you eradicate it? How, how how do you coach in today's NBA? How do you say, please stop doing that when you know you should? I mean, where's the fine line? How, how do you coach up someone like that of a Steph Curry, who is such an amazing player, does so many good things, but yet game in and game out, you, you, these turnovers would would put you in such a hole that it almost costs you the series. If that thing goes back to Memphis, I mean, who knows, man? All well, right. Yeah, well, but also feel that if if – if we're headed to game seven and then they went out on Monday and lost with the turnovers, then yeah, then people are going to say something, right? Then maybe, the, but, but <laughs> they're on their way to the Western Conference Finals. Well, <laughs> what, what, no, I'm just saying, Dan, Dan Devon, do you go into a locker room? With so the, you're going to wait the for the game one loss to Phoenix or Dallas and they turn the ball over before revisiting this conversation? No, 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 not me. We're, we're going to talk about it because this is what we do. <laughs> but I'm saying if, if you are Mike Brown, and you're first first, you're you're on your way to Sacramento in two months, which is like that's a death sentence to your career. <laughs> but but you you don't walk in there after they beat the Grizzlies and go to the you walk in, hey, good game, guys. But let's talk about those turnovers. You don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into all right. Well, first of all, just hit me, Brian. Let's let's get this out of the way. Waiting for the lyrics. All right. Well, you know that. You know where we're going here. Off to, New Off to New Jersey. Say hello to Mitch. Dan, how you doing? Thank um, you for the music. <laughs> I always forget. You know, it's been a long time. You know, I remember when the Godfather came out in seven. That's how old I am getting. Hey, what do you got, Mitch? What's on your mind? Um, yeah, I wish the Godfather can help the, the problems that this country's having. But to stay on the good stuff, the sports. Um, you got to hope Dallas wins tomorrow. That'd be awesome because uh, Luca is he's incredible. He's like John Elliott. He's like the John Elliott of the NBA. But, you know, John Elliott only won it all when he had a, a little more support. Um, what were they doing training for Zingas? They're kind of small. 
I mean, Luka could play point guard or center in that team. Uh, I just hope I see more Moody and uh, put bring back uh, Kaminga, put him in the games, please. He starts learning right now. He doesn't have to sit and watch and take notes. Let's play him out. Hmm? Kaminga. Yeah. We're going to play him out. That's Mitch from New Jersey, everybody. Weekly caller here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks so much, Mitch. Yeah, it is. It's going to be wild to see if Luka gets there. Oh, Jonathan Kaminga, we we should. Well, I mean, DNP did not play last night. That that doesn't sit well with me. Really? No. Well, after what you saw. No, I, I get there it. Was, it, there was no place for Jonathan Kaminga in this series. In there this, was no in this series. Yes, you're wrong. Well, oh, oh no, no, wait. I'm sorry. Let me correct that. Let me correct that. Garbage time. That that <laughs> there were two games that needed Kaminga. That was the blowout at Chase, where they blew out the the Grizzlies, and where the Warriors got blew out in game. This four. is why you're the, the, wrong. The, the, that this was Jonathan Kaminga. I, I love Kaminga, man. And I, I'm not saying. Listen, if they play Dallas or if they play Phoenix, there is probably a place for him in those. In this Memphis series, there was no place for Kaminga because the Grizzlies had the Grizzlies have about. Okay, I'm gonna throw Brooks in there. I'm gonna throw probably. Uh, I'm I'm gonna throw Jaron Jackson in there. I'm gonna throw. Uh, yeah, okay. Just get to your point. It. What is it? They have about two or three dudes. It might not be exactly as athletic and big as him, but they got two, three, maybe even four dudes that that are close enough to him athletically that that his athletic. Prowess is diminished by their experience. It's the other way around. When you're playing against athletes, you have to counter it with athletes. They don't have anybody on their team or their roster that could fit that mode of playing basketball the way Memphis was dictating it. Nobody. The one dude, granted he's raw, granted he's 19, and you got to pick your spots. I don't think he should have been starting. He doesn't know how to set the tempo or set the table like that. But uh, we'll get in. We'll get into John the Kaminga, which I think was misused in that series. But I, could, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, starting. Let's get out to George. Was yeah, no, that, was that was disaster. That was a mess. Uh, George is in Los Altos. What's up, George? Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, fellas. You know, uh, almost almost really doesn't matter. And as good as they were, we were better. And in my opinion. Uh, it's all about matchups. I've always thought, even from last year, that they were our toughest matchup. But lo and behold, we still won the series. And so it's it's just a matter of who we're playing and who we can put up against the other team. And I think Memphis was by far going to be our biggest challenge of the series of this side on the Western Conference. And the only team that really, really concerns me going forward, you guys, if not Phoenix, it's Boston. Because Boston, the way they play, makes it very, very difficult on us. But I'm proud of our guys, and I think we're going to see much more guys getting active other than just six, depending upon the future matchups that we're going to see going forward. So, yeah, it was tight. Yeah, we made mistakes. But at the end of the day, championship DNA came in and took over and won the series against Memphis. And that makes me really feel good. Good job. Way to sum it up there, George. Let's get out to Rich, who's hanging out in Fremont. Rich, how are you today? Welcome to 95.7 The Game. Glad to have you aboard. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Hey, Shamari, you remember about three and a half weeks ago, 
I I was telling you, I said that that right now, I, I said that I called into one of the other shows, and this is before the season had started. Okay. Uh, yeah. They asked if you had to play. They asked if you had to place the Warriors in, in the top ten in the conference. Where would you have them? I think Simon had them nine, and then I think Guru had them. He had them like a six, and I had them at a four. They came in at a three. Okay. Oh yeah. And I also remember you. I said. I said if they. I said if they win the Western Conference, I will not be surprised. And here we are. <laughs> oh yeah. Here we are. Oh yeah. And, and you know what so, though. But also, though, mm-hmm. if I told you that when we that 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 at the beginning of the season they would go to the Western Conference, though, you can't you can't say is I, I was high on them. I was higher than most people. I thought they were going to no, finish you top weren't. three. I told you they'd be in the Western Conference like in January. You laughed me out of the building. In January? In February? I said, can you imagine this? Wait, 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 you're talking about in the middle of that stretch where they were horrible. I'm talking about in October. Oh, when they were 18 and 2. Sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, I'm, I'm no, talking right. about. No, yeah, wait, no. Yeah. no he, had, he had to put his teeth in there because I appreciate where he's coming from. But my point being is that, you know, Rudy Tom Gentleman said it best, okay? Never, never underestimate the heart of a champion. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Go ahead, Shamar. Sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, well, no, but I'm just saying that that you know what, like I, when this season began, you did not the have this began, team going to the Western Conference Finals. I, 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 I did, and here's why. Here's why. No, no, I'm no. Listen, I'm talking dead, dead. We had this conversation like dead, in no, no, in I'm not, March. I'm not talking about. And you gave me so much grief. No, I'm not talking about after they got out to the hot start. I'm not talking about then. I'm not talking about when they when they. Went from number one seed to, to number four seed. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about in September at the beginning of the season when everybody was like, "Oh, the Lakers are going to be a force to be reckoned though. with." Yeah, that's just like you were just throwing stuff at a wall. Who knows? No. In September, they haven't even played basketball. No, no. Huh? because because think about the teams that everybody was talking about. First things first, people were talking about the Lakers, and I was like, "The Lakers aren't going to be a factor." Now, did I know they weren't going to make the playoffs? No, but I, I was saying the Lakers were a seven or eight seed, right? The other team that everybody's talking about. The Phoenix Suns, I was like, they're pretenders. And and then people were talking about, oh, the the Luka and the Mavericks. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The Warriors, the Warriors are up there with all of those teams. I, I I said they were up again. This is before the season started after watching preseason and all that sort of stuff. And and I said I could see them going to the Western Conference Finals. Then they get out to the 18 and 2 start, and everybody said they could go to Western Conference Finals. But then in February and March, when they stunk. Then, yeah, I backed off a little bit, okay? But, <laughs> when but, you need to stick by your guns, <laughs> you ran for the hills. Uh, I, I do but, want to get back I, to Jonathan Kaminga. But, but I'm going to ask you like this, though, because it, it's come up on the text line a little bit. 707, by the way. By the can, way I, can I give you your flowers again, just to reset for those? I, I, I love flowers. For those that, that are just joining <laughs> us. So, Shamari and I, the last time we did a show, Ja went out with that injury. And I said, Shamari, what is Memphis going to do now? There was one guy that could get you baskets. Desmond Bain's got a back injury. Dylan Brooks isn't playing, and if he does, he's terrible. And you said, Dan, they're going to go big. That's the only chance they have. They got to go big. They got to change what it is that they're doing. Adams is going to come into this game, and they got to force the issue in the paint, and they got to get back to who they are in terms of being a more physical team than that of the Warriors. That's exactly what took place. And and it almost, and I completely disagreed with you. And it almost worked if it wasn't for those snooping kids and their uh, nosy dog, man. Okay, like they almost pulled it off. If you really think about it, all the way up until five minutes left in that court in in last night in the fourth quarter last night. That 
had worked. And, and it's not just see, this is the thing about them. It's not just it's not just that you have uh, Stephen Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. at six foot eleven. Okay. Brandon Clark is 6'8". Dylan Brooks is 6'7". Desmond Bain is like 6'5", 6'6". Kyle Landerson is listed at 6'9". Like they're, they're the only dude on their team that is quote-unquote... Uh, uh, Zaire Williams is 6'9", right? So they got power forward size dudes. Ja's like 6'2". Tyus Jones, I think he's like 5'11". Here's, Who knows? Here, I want to just get back to JK for a second, and I'll leave it alone for today. I got, I got a, I'm good for a JK rant every show. Right? <laughs> I will, I, I'll allow it for j- just this time. Now, listen, was he good at times? Was he beyond his skis, and was that stage too big for him? Did he get wide-eyed? Yes. But I think a lot of that is just simply because he's looking over his shoulder. You, you've got to let him play so that he gets into a comfort zone and can recognize that he can deal on people at this level. Because it's there, it's just a matter of just a little bit of patience. And I know that can sound like an oxymoron when you're talking about patience now when game six or the NBA semifinals, now the Western Conference Finals. But here's the reason why you've got to give this guy an opportunity. I want you to listen to me, Shamari. (laughs) Is Is that he's the only guy that can pressure the rim. He's the only guy that can get to a real mid range. When I watched them last night, that was a jump-shooting team. They were living and dying by the three, and the three wasn't going. Clay began to heat up. Steph got into it, but you could not get to the rim. And there is one guy on that team that when you get stuck, right, in mud and you're not shooting it well, that can get you baskets another way. He's the only dude on that roster. He's the only guy in recent memory, aside from that of Kevin Durant, who can score the basketball in a different way. And you have to tap... That resource, Mike Brown, I know he's 19, and I know he might make a mistake, but you've got to be – if you're going to be a head coach in the NBA and in Sacramento, you've got to recognize that i got somebody who can do it a little differently because right now I'm reliant on Steph, Clay, and my man JP, and if it's not going well, then i got no chance. And but- here's this kid who can give you that opportunity, but you've got to be – You've got to have the foresight. You can't just simply live in this insular world. He made a turnover or he got his shot blocked, and within two minutes, I got to pull him. He's never going to play again. Okay, but see, there's scoring in the paint, and then there's scoring in the paint with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr. lurking. (laughs) A lot of dudes got their shots deleted by both of those guys several times. Um, I don't think Kaminga in that situation where you got two seven-footers, two seven-footers on the court at the same time, I don't think that was time. to. Steph Curry can go He's to the paint. He's the pay. only guy. Those guys, you're right. Steph Curry can no, go to the paint. No, pay. he can't. And, and Andrew Wiggins can go to the paint. Wait a minute. So you're telling me, you're telling me Jonathan Kaminga can't go to the paint, but Steph Curry... No, no, who's, no, 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 no. I'm saying... No, I, what I'm saying, though, is, is, that, is that Steph can score in the paint, Wiggins is scoring the paint, and Kaminga can score in the paint. But the, the problem was is that... Is that like Memphis is like, hey, you're not you're not coming into our pain. <laughs> like that was their whole mentality last I, night. I, I agree with you, but the Steph can't go to the paint against those guys. He, he can penetrate. No, he, like, he, he his he game was nullified. Up. And he even talked about it. I could break down Dylan Brooks, but what am I gonna do when I got Jaron Jackson? He even said as much, and then Steven Adams. And what, you can see what that is with Jaron. Yeah, huh? Well, I'll, I'm about to answer that. Jonathan Kaminga is the only guy at 6'8 with his size and the way he plays the game that, that has a legitimate chance to go at those guys and get, and get fouls. 
and get them into foul trouble. He's the only legitimate dude to answer your question that can put pressure on the rim because of his size. Nobody else. You're right. A diminutive Jordan Poole, you're amongst the trees. Get out of your mouse in the house. Get out of your kid. Same thing with Steph, although Steph was able to finish. But he can all those bigs altered their game. You're feeding you're this is exactly what I'm talking about. Jonathan Kaminga then becomes the only guy, I think, that can legitimately get to the hoop and challenge those guys. You don't have anybody on your roster. See, I would agree with you if you were talking about the Suns, if you were talking about the uh oh, oh, Robin no, wants if, to go if you're talking about Mavericks, even if you're talking about if you're talking about the Celtics, who their center six nine, right? I'm with you. But but Memphis has two seven footers. That's what I'm saying. I'm not against him. I'm just saying I'm not against Kaminga. Let's get to Robin really quick. Oh, oh my God, Robin, let's really get to quick. Robin. We, we oh, got yeah. we're up against the break. Sorry, Shamari. We'll let you ran afterwards. <laughs> I know, so let me talk fast. It's, I don't disagree or, 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 or I, I, I kind of agree with you. Here's the thing, Devon, because I've been saying this and everybody's been knocking me down because they, they get triggered by the thought that it's KD. The Warriors, the Warriors, before KD or after, they never, they, have, they don't have a player that when the offense, here's the key word, when the offense breaks out, when the ball, how they play, breaks down, they don't have a person that is physically built, physically built, that they can pass the ball to and say, go get us a bucket. Now, whether you get mad or not, if that was KD, then you just got to get mad because the point is we don't have that. We got jump shooters who can who need to get us buckets, but when it breaks down, they can't go get us a bucket. Jonathan Kaminga is physically built for that, but he has not arrived at that point yet, okay? And so I agree, and nobody agrees with you, Dan, that he should be put in here now. But what you're saying theoretically makes sense. But now he ain't ready, baby. He just ain't ready. But I agree with what you're saying. Thank you, Robin, and you might be right. We'll continue the conversation. Shamari, I cut you off. I want to hear what you got. All coming up. Come back with us here on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 